I'm going to guess most of you don't really know who Stephen is. Maybe you do. I wouldn't have known who Stephen was, um, at least through high school. Stephen is a person in the Bible who influenced the world in so many ways. Um, he influenced through a guy named Paul, who some of you definitely have heard of. We're going to talk about him in a minute. But the story of Stephen, maybe for you this morning, would be like, do you ever feel like you're doing something for the Lord and you don't feel like it goes noticed? Maybe, you know, we expect to do big things or we want to be the person in front of everybody or we want to be the person who's known. But maybe for you, your story is you're just faithful with what God's called you to do. Maybe it's just sharing your faith with your friends. Maybe it's serving a mission to Dallas. Maybe it doesn't feel so extraordinary. That's how Stephen's story starts, and we're going to talk all about him, but I want you to know this as we kind of lean into this story today, and I'm going to go with these main ideas on Stephen's faithfulness. If you're taking notes, the whole thing is weaved around Stephen's faithfulness, and there are three points of how we're going to talk about that. We're going to see what Stephen said, because he's going to have a moment when he's serving, and in the middle of his service, he's going to be really bold, and he's going to share his faith, and that's going to be really scary, because we're going to hear what happens. Then we're going to see what Stephen saw, because a lot happens to Stephen after he shares his faith. And finally, how Stephen acted. That might not make as much sense to you, but as we talk through Acts 6 through 8, we're going to basically talk this through Stephen's story. And um, if you want to know more about this, I honestly pegged some of this from Tim Keller's main points because I loved him. Um, I don't want to plagiarize, but I really loved how he did this. And so if you want to tie that into our next slide, we have this thing called Nothing Can Stop the Gospel. That has been the theme of Acts. That's what we've been talking about through um, this whole series and what we'll continue to talk through. And we're really going to see it in Stephen's story. Because Stephen is about to face a lot of opposition, kind of like what we read about with Peter and John. Except it's not going to really work out for Stephen the way it worked out for Peter and John. He's going to get arrested and he's going to die. And this is, in our, this is our history. This is the history in the Bible. This is a man who is faithful. And the Lord um, called him home in the middle of his service. And that's heavy, but we're going to learn a lot from that. We're going to learn about Stephen, Stephen's faithfulness and how we can learn from that. Jack, can you go to that next slide for me? Guys, this is a man named Charles Spurgeon. This might not really seem connected, but Stephen's story with the Apostle Paul is very similar to this man right here. So see, Charles Spurgeon, some of your parents might know him, was one of the biggest preachers in England back in the day. And his story of faith was pretty similar to how Paul came to faith. We're going to talk about Paul later. So Charles Spurgeon wasn't a believer at this point, and he was trying to go to church, and there was snow. I, th I think some of you remember when we had the ice storm a few weeks ago. Um, the first day, you couldn't really drive anywhere. The second day, when it was sunny, you definitely could. But the first day, you couldn't really get out. And especially back in the day, back when Charles Spurgeon was living, they couldn't really travel far when it snowed. So Spurgeon went to this small Methodist church, and this, this, honestly, the preacher couldn't even make it. It was so snowy. Imagine that for a minute. We're in middle school, or we're, more importantly, maybe you went to church this morning, and Pastor Mark's supposed to preach, and he's not there. And no one's planning on that because he was supposed to be there. It was kind of like that. And this uh, layman, this person who wasn't a pastor, gets up. He reads out of Isaiah. He reads, and then he basically says uh, this, this quote, more or less, about how you need to repent, how you need to see Jesus is beautiful in a sense. And it wasn't very eloquent. Again, this wasn't a pastor who said it. But for whatever reason, that moment happened and Charles Spurgeon came to faith like that. And the Lord used Charles Spurgeon in a huge way for even a lot of people in this room to be influenced, honestly. And the reason I'm going to connect these two between Charles Spurgeon and Stephen, Stephen, as we talked through his story, was a man, again, who was humble. He was a deacon. So actually, if you want to go to that next picture for me about who is Stephen, 
right? This is the picture of what's going to happen with Stephen. He's about to die for his faith. But before Stephen gets there, Stephen was a deacon. We have those in our church if you don't know what that means. But basically, Stephen wasn't someone who was preaching. Stephen was someone who was serving tables. He was someone who was doing the small things. He was doing, basically, he was taking care of the elderly, and he was preparing food so the apostles could prepare for teaching. And this guy is going to be bold, and he's going to influence a guy who would change the world the same way that Charles Spurgeon did. But now I'm going to read out of Acts 7. If you have a Bible, if not, you can follow along. I'm going to read and pray, and we're going to go from there. But again, this is Acts 7, and this is about the story of Stephen. This is midway through. So what happens to get here? Stephen's serving tables, and then, basically, Stephen's about to preach. And we're going halfway through his sermon. It's a really long sermon, but it's awesome. Stephen's about to preach. He preaches about who Jesus is. These people get angry, and like Peter and John, Stephen went to jail. Unlike Peter and John, he's not going to get out of jail. And so this is the midway through his sermon that we're reading, and we're going to talk more about this. So it says this. This Moses, whom they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? This man God sent both as a ruler and a redeemer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led them out, performing wonders and signs in Egypt and at the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. This is the one who is in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him at Mount Sinai. And with our fathers, he... He received living oracles, or honestly, it'd be like a sermon. He received the sermon um, to give to us. Our fathers refused to obey him and thrust him aside, and in their hearts they turned to Egypt. All right, we're going to pray and go from there. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you speak to us through your word. You speak to us through preaching, like what we just read about. Lord, thank you that you give us faith even when we don't understand what's going on. Lord, thank you for the hope that, of the gospel. It's your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. So the first point, what Stephen said, this is midway through it, but if you really want to know what Stephen was saying, he basically said to the people, the religious leaders of the day, hey, everything that you're following is not totally true. They believed they were Jewish, and so there was a truth to it. They believed that there was a Messiah coming. They believed that the Old Testament was true, but they missed out on who Jesus was. And in fact, we're going to read the end of his sermon later, but what Stephen says is, even in the Old Testament, Moses came and he told the people of Israel who God was and they didn't listen. Now in the present age, Jesus came and he lived and these people were involved in Jesus' death before he would raise from the grave. Jesus' death and then Jesus rose from the grave. But these people played a part in it. And what Stephen is saying is you missed out on it because you believed things that were true of your culture at the time. You believed the cultural narrative that Jesus would come but he wasn't here yet because Jesus was going to overthrow the government. That's what Jewish people believed was going to happen, that Jesus was going to come and he was going to overthrow the Roman government. And that didn't happen in Jesus' life. So they doubted Jesus. There were a lot more things in their culture that they followed than the truth of who Jesus was, and they killed him. Um, so I want us to see this. Will Washington talked about this a little bit last week, but I want to go to the next slide about what do we believe. Because, you know, it may seem silly that these people missed out on Jesus. They might have missed out on Jesus for a lot of reasons. But there are a lot of reasons we might not follow Jesus either. And Stephen's addressing the idols in their heart. It's the same thing that Will shared that I wanted to talk about a little bit this week, about the fear of man and fear of the future. And here's where this breaks down. For the people in Stephen's time, they didn't believe Jesus because, again, all of these idols about what they thought Jesus would do. They thought Jesus would free them from a government authority. They thought Jesus would basically make them a superpower. They thought Jesus would do all of these things. And they, he didn't do that, so they missed out. 
There may be reasons why you don't want to follow Jesus today. Maybe you do. Maybe you're a Christian this morning and you have to do things like Stephen did and be brave. But Stephen basically had to talk because he knew the people around him weren't believing the truth. And for us, I would say this morning, fear of man and fear of the future are two things. And how do those play out when it comes to knowing Jesus? Now, there might be opportunities for you to share your faith. Uh, I remember definitely it was near the end of middle school, really that summer that I became a Christian. It really wasn't my eighth grade year, but it was near the end of my eighth grade year. And I remember when, I, when Jesus called me to faith, my life before Christ looked very different. I remember having to have conversations with friends in the locker room, even about my speech, because I didn't talk in a way that was very honoring of God. I said things that, um, you know, were words some of y'all probably know, but I just talked like that a lot because that was my cultural norm. And I remember my friends telling me, hey, like, if you say you're a Christian, the way that you live can't line up with that. And that was true for me. And I had to remember, basically, where this is going in my own life when I was around your age, around eighth grade. Do I believe that what God says is more important than what my friends say? Because basically, I had to stop acting the way a lot of my friends lived. I had to stop behaving the way a lot of my friends lived. Uh, Instead of saying things that weren't honoring of God, I had to change my speech. And I had to change who I hung out with. And that was hard for me. I don't know how many of you have a friend group that you're so close with, but you know that they're bad for you. You know, that's basically what I had to come to terms with. Do I want this friend group that's really fun, but they're not taking me where I want to go? Or do I love God more that I'm going to change how I live? And that was scary in the moment for me, and I had to make a decision. And guys, that's one example of many for you. Maybe for you, it's, again, I use this, but maybe it's you're in a friend group that doesn't talk great about people. And you have to think about, am I going to participate in how my friends are tearing people down? Or am I going to honor God with how I talk? Am I going to make fun of someone, whether it be in the locker room or just be, you know, out in public? Am I going to do that? Or am I going to honor God? Am I going to live a way that, hey, like, my friends aren't going to love that I'm not joining in with them, but I'm going to live differently? That's what Stephen was speaking into, really, with this group. Because kind of like Peter and John, he's saying, Jesus is Lord. And by saying that, he knew he could probably die. He didn't know that, but there was a chance he could die. That's different than your situation today. That's different than in America. But still, our prices are a little different. It might be that that friend doesn't like you the same way. It might be that you don't get invited to that party over a weekend. It could be a lot of things. But you've got to decide, hey, do I love God more then I love these things around me. And the second thing that Will said that I thought was true was fear of the future. And, you know, I even listened last week because I was wanting to remember some of the stuff he said. But, guys, it's true for you, whether it be a different school, whether it be a new, like a new team, whatever it may be for you. There are a lot of things in our life that change. Nothing is uh, going to stay the same forever, right? And so how do we deal with change? You might be like me where I hate change. You know, I... Uh, I'm someone who really likes a good routine, and when a change happens, it can be really scary for me. Sometimes it could be a little change for you, like maybe it's just like you change how you eat, because when you get to be my age, you have to change how you eat. But it could be a bigger thing like changing schools, changing friend groups. A lot of things happen in our life. And do we trust the same way that Stephen did, that God's going to take care of us the way they took care of Stephen? Now, I want to read this next part, what Stephen saw. And in fact, could you go to that picture for me, Jack? The next point's what Stephen saw, but I really think of this moment. Um, I'm not going to spoil the movie entirely if you haven't seen it or the book, but I love a series called Lord of the Rings. It's one of my favorites. In fact, it's my favorite book series that is not the Bible. Um, I love it so much. There's so many themes of faith. But what I really like about what Stephen saw is similar to this scene right here. So 
basically, without getting too much into it, these people had to survive for three days. There was this army that was bunkered in a small little fort, and they had a bunch of enemies kind of surrounding them, kind of like the Alamo, if you will, a bunch of enemies coming at them, and they had to hold out for three days. And this man on the horse said, if you can hold out for three days, I'm coming with help. And so it's a big turning point. You see a bunch of help is coming. But in the middle of this time, they had to face a lot of opposition. So, Jack, if you don't mind going to, I'm going to jump a few slides ahead. But if you don't mind going to Acts 7.51 for me, I want to read this little bit. Because, guys, I'm going to set the scene. Basically, I wanted to use that illustration because we're about to read this moment in Stephen's life where he's about to face this opposition. And in the same way that this guy named Gandalf was involved, he's going to look up and see Jesus. He's going to see Jesus in his area of need. And it says this starting in verse 51. Sorry, my Bible has it on the other side. So Stephen is finishing his sermon, and he's about to give the hardest news to these people who rejected going to take it well, but he knew he had to do it in faith. And it said this, Stephen says, you stick-necked people, uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you, which of these prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. Now who received the law is delivered by angels and did not keep it. So I'm going to break this down as we keep reading, but he's saying, hey, all the prophets from the Old Testament, some of y'all have heard of them, like Isaiah, or Malachi, or all these people, they came and preached the gospel, and the people of the day rejected them. That's what Stephen says. We're going to pick up in verse 54. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice, and stomped their ears, and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him, and witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when they, he had said this, he fell asleep. So I give a, a Lord of the Rings illustration. I go here. What's going on? We see what, what Stephen saw. Stephen is in the hardest moment of his life. And guys, maybe for you, being a believer, you're not going to have hard moments all the time, but you will have hard moments. And this is Stephen's hardest moment of his life. He basically knows, hey, I'm about to tell someone the hardest news I could ever tell them. Have you ever had to tell a friend something really hard? You knew they were doing something that was really harmful for them. And you knew that, hey, I've got to tell you this and it might cost you my friendship. I've got to say something very lovingly. Or maybe it won't cost you my friendship, but you're not going to like me for a little bit afterwards. Maybe you've had those moments. It's kind of like that, but on the most extreme sense, because Stephen knows these people need to hear something really hard, and he knows they're not going to like him for it. And in fact, he tells them what they need to hear, and they get angry, and they want to kill him. And the reason Stephen can withstand that, the same reason we could withstand maybe saying something hard to someone and feeling rejected, is Stephen gets something that none of us have ever, and maybe will never get. He looks up, and he sees heaven. Imagine the sky being rolled up and seeing Jesus. Stephen sees Jesus before he dies, and that's why he gets the courage to, to say this news. And how's that come into play for us? Because, guys, you're going to go to school, and you're probably not going to see Jesus opening the clouds of heaven. But the thing that we have said all through Acts is how nothing can stop the power of the gospel, which we're going to see in Stephen's life. And what we've talked about that pairs with that is the Holy Spirit. In fact, he was mentioned here in this part of the sermon. But the Holy Spirit, who is 
part of the Trinity, you know, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. We've talked about him a little bit. The Holy Spirit goes with us everywhere we go for a Christian. If you're a Christian, we might not get to see Jesus opening the clouds, but we do get to experience the Holy Spirit with us. And because he's with us, the same reason Jesus uh, gave Stephen faith, the Holy Spirit gives us faith to share the news of the gospel, even in hard circumstances. And that's why Stephen was able to be bold. And so what I want us to hear from that before I go to our last point, maybe most of your life you're not going to have hard conversations about faith or people aren't going to be hard to you about faith. But those moments come and you got to decide if God is with us, if nothing can stop the power of the gospel, we got to know that he loves us and he's over all things. So I want to go to how Stephen acted. I just read it, but I want to talk about it and we're going to go into group discussion in a second. How Stephen acted. He said this as they're basically killing this guy. I can't imagine ever saying this. He said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. The only reason Stephen can love people who didn't love him, and in fact were trying to kill him, is because he met Jesus and Jesus changed his life. I just talked about the Holy Spirit, but guys, I'd say this today, that if you're in Christ, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, he's with you and he changes your life. I gave you that little illustration about um, eighth grade, about how I talked. Because I remember I started volunteering in my church. We were a small church, and I was from the country, so they're all small. But I remember serving in elementary and helping out with these little kids. And I was, like, remembering that, man, God, if you're calling me to serve these kids, like, I can't talk the way I've been talking. I can't teach kids a bad word at Sunday school. I can't do that. That'd be terrible. Guys, the same way that God changed my life, and it wasn't overnight, but that was something immediately, honestly, that was really cool in my life. God changes our hearts to not want to live the way we used to live. And he does that because he shows what he has is better for us. He shows that living a life for Christ, even if it may cost you your life like Stephen, is way more worth it than anything in this world. And the reason Jesus can say don't hold this sin against them is because he lived when Jesus lived. He saw Jesus die to these same people. And Jesus committed no sin. Scripture tells us that there was no sin in Jesus' heart throughout his whole life. And even when they're killing him, it said he committed no sin and no deceit was found out of his mouth. When they falsely accused Jesus of doing things, he didn't say anything back because he knew God was going to take care of him and that he had to do this to take care of us. And so G Stephen can with boldness say this because he knew that Jesus died for his sins and rose from the grave. And Stephen doesn't have to get even. I don't know how many of you, when you're wrong, do you want to get even? It's so tempting. I even like in my own life with my siblings, when they wrong me, I want to get back at them so hard because I want to win. I think we all more or less want to win. And what we see here with Stephen is it's not about him winning. It's about people coming to faith. And guys, I would say the same thing for you. If someone has wronged you, it doesn't mean that God, like scripture tells us, God is going to make things that are not right, right. We even learned that today in Revelation if you're there on Sunday morning. But guys, our job is to not get even with someone. Our, our job is to not lash out at someone. Um, don't be bullied. If you're being bullied, that's totally different. I want to be clear with that. If someone's bullying you, as a side note, tell someone. This isn't about being bullied. This is about if someone's coming at you and you're like trying to tear you down for your faith, you don't have to win an argument with them. You don't have to be even with them. You can trust that God loves you and he will take care of that situation. But guys, the main reason I want to share that is the last little bit, um, I want to read this last bit one more time. And it said this, um, starting in verse 30. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, or verse 60. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. 
And Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And all were scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. So we kind of talked about how at the beginning of Acts that God wanted the church to spread. And they actually do spread through persecution here. But there's a young man named Saul who saw all of this happen. He saw this man who this might be Stephen's only sermon. We think it's his only sermon. We saw Stephen be a man who served faithfully, really just taking care of elderly people and preparing meals. And then out of nowhere, God calls him to be bold. He says, I want you to preach this sermon to the same people who killed Jesus. And unlike Peter and John, he doesn't make it out of it. But we see this man named Saul who witnessed this whole thing. And Saul at this time was someone who wouldn't come to faith. And in fact, after this, he goes and he persecutes Christians even harder. But I'm not going to give it all away because we're going to preach about the story of Saul. Saul meets Jesus and his life is different. He becomes Paul the Apostle who wrote over half our New Testament. So why am I saying this? I gave that illustration of Charles Spurgeon earlier. I want to give this illustration about Paul because I want us to see this. Sometimes we really want to do the big things for God and he will get you there at some point. But God calls us to be faithful in the little things. He calls us to be faithful to love him and he's going to prepare you. And maybe your whole life, God calls you to serve him faithfully and you don't get a big moment that you want. But what we see in Stephen's life, even though this was considered a really big moment, most people don't talk about Stephen in churches. In fact, this is the only sermon we have of Stephen. But what we do see from Stephen's faithfulness and even this layman who preached to Charles Spurgeon is that God will take your faith and he'll use it for his glory. And if Stephen wasn't brave, if Stephen said that day, hey, this is scary, I'm out, I'm not going to deal with this, we don't know how Paul would have come to faith. He would have come to faith probably because God would have called him there. But we see, we see that Saul sees what happens in Stephen's life and is forever changed. And so what I want to say before we go to discussion questions and pray, Stephen was able to act with grace and compassion because he saw not only how Jesus rose from the grave, but Jesus changed his life. And if you're here this morning and you would say you're a Christian and Jesus has changed your life, he just calls you to love him daily, right? We have a reading plan because we want you to spend time with him. We have these things recorded because we want you to hear it because we want you to spend time with God because that's how God's going to change your heart through his word. He's going to change it through prayer and his word. And sometimes, guys, that might be it for a little bit. Maybe you're reading um, your devotional and you're living a life that honors God. Nothing scary or exciting happens. But then there might be a moment and God's calling you to trust him and it's even in the little things like friends, right? He's calling you to trust him and love him more than the things of this world. And in Stephen's life, that was scary. But because Stephen did that, Paul's life was changed. And we're all here because of it. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have some discussion questions. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that we have a hope in a Savior who died for our sins, that he paid the penalty. And so, Lord, 